For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Didici. You're listening to Daybreak. Trump continues to face setbacks in his attempts to overturn the results of the presidential election as the Ethiopian crisis approaches an uneasy end. It's Monday, November 30th. On Sunday, a recount of Wisconsin ballots confirmed Biden's victory over President Trump in that state. The recount, called for by the Trump campaign, ended up increasing Biden's lead in the state by 87 votes. This news comes in the context of the Trump campaign's repeated failures to overturn election results in the states won by President-elect Biden. There are, however, signs that these unfounded allegations of a rigged election may come back to haunt Republicans as they prepare for two hotly contested runoff elections in Georgia that will determine the fate of the Senate. As Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel held an event urging Georgia Republicans to turn out and vote in January, many attendees of the event questioned why they should if the election has, supposedly, already been decided. The GOP appears to have adopted two conflicting strategies, undermining public trust in the presidential election while also turning out their voters in large enough numbers to maintain control of the Senate. They now face the task of reconciling the two. The conflict in Tigray, Ethiopia continues. Over the weekend, after local opposition forces ignored an ultimatum from the Ethiopian government, the federal army marched on and captured the regional capital city of Mekel. While Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed stated that Mekel's capture was the end of the military operation started over three weeks ago, there are concerns that the Tigrayan opposition forces could withdraw into the mountains and wage a guerrilla war on the government. Opposition forces are supposedly resolved to, quote, fight the invaders to the last. Hundreds of people have already died in the conflict, and thousands have been displaced into neighboring Sudan. In other headlines, Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona passed away last Wednesday after suffering from a heart attack. Maradona is considered one of the greatest soccer players of all time, and delivered Argentina a World Cup victory in 1986. Additionally, actor Dave Prowse died on Sunday evening. Prowse is famous for playing one of sci-fi's greatest villains, Darth Vader. In New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio walked back his decision to close all schools earlier this month due to outrage among parents. On Sunday, de Blasio announced a new policy that would let 200,000 students back into New York schools, focusing on those younger than middle school and those with special needs. In Utah, a strange metal monolith, seemingly styled after the central object in the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey, was discovered in the middle of the desert last week. After adventurers flocked to see the monolith over the weekend, it has now vanished from the site. As of now, no one has taken responsibility for either placing or removing the statue. It was a busy week in Princeton news, including in the highest level of public view. Yesterday, the Wall Street Journal reported that President-elect Joe Biden plans to nominate Cecilia Rouse to serve as chair for the Council of Economic Advisers. Rouse is currently the dean of Princeton's School of Policy and International Affairs. University President Christopher Eisgruber, class of 83, announced last Tuesday that all Princeton undergraduates will be invited back to campus for the spring semester, with the caveat that most instruction will remain online. In his message to the Princeton community, Eisgruber emphasized the importance of maintaining strict public health rules when on campus, including wearing masks and following social distancing guidelines. And junior Christian Potter was elected as the next president of the undergraduate student government. Potter will be the first man to fill the role since 2014. The same election also saw overwhelming support for the two referenda on the ballot. One called for the school to recognize Election Day as a holiday, and another urged the university to divest its endowment from all holdings adjacent to the fossil fuel industry. It remains to be seen how or if the university will implement these mandates from the undergraduate student body. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Jack Anderson, David Nalewski, and Eli Costa, and produced on the 144th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, Class of 22. 
for The Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Didici. Have a wonderful day.